the First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. What could be better than to celebrate St. Patrick's Day with New York's famous Irishman, favorite Irishman, the one and only Malachi McCourt. And Malachi, whom you know, He's a writer. In fact, his book is now out in paperback, Among Swimming. He owned, in fact, I think, as I remember, Malachy's was one of the first single pubs in New York City. Malachy has done so much. He's acted. He ran for governor. You name it. And Malachy McCourt did it. And I met Malachy in the 70s when we were both working for the same radio station. Good morning to you. Good afternoon to you. How are you, my dear friend? If I was any better, Joan, God would be jealous. (laughs) So I'm in good form. It is so good to talk to you, the first lady of radio. I have always admired you and uh, that any time you're you are not on radio, the airs are barren. And oh. so uh, I'm delighted to be a part of your uh, of your of, of your your airtime just once more after all these years. All and these we used years. to have a lot of fun at WMCA and uh, at that time it was a uh, it was a very rowdy time uh, with Bob Grant and Barry Gray and uh, and and a bunch of folks there in those days. It and was. as they say, they're all gone now. They're all gone, and it was like a free-for-all. I still remember it was my first job, Malachi, and yes. they hired me. I didn't want to do it. I never heard of it. But my boss, who was then the head of New York Magazine, insisted we do it and I get the job I didn't even know what I was doing and they tell me I share a desk who do I share a desk with they said oh don't worry very quiet lovely Malachi McCourt who knew when I opened the drawers to put the notepads you know like such a proper little girl I don't know Malachi the bottles were lined up in every desk drawer. <laughs> and like I said, this doesn't, what is this? And it was all booze and whiskey. And I would be irate. I would dump the drawers. And then, of course, the next day, they'd be full again. <laughs> well, in those days, um, I, had a, I had a capacity that was... a. Uh, Apparently, somewhat miracle, but you know, Joan, I have not had a drink now in thirty-six years. No, I uh, I stopped it and I uh, decided it was uh, ruining my life. And uh, I was married to Diana, and that was uh, she very quietly put up with me. But uh, I decided, hey, this is awful, what I'm doing. So I stopped drinking. And uh, I've been very happy ever since. <laughs> right. and, and no one, well, no one that I knew, you knew from all the guys. Malachi came to this country. Actually, he was born here. But his family went to Limerick, Ireland. 
and ultimately he came back when he was a very young man and he rapidly found his way in the bar scene. And I literally, I didn't grow up here, but I had no clue. You were the one who inaugurated me in the ways of the New York bar scene, the drinkers, the life. It was its own community. <laughs> did I do that, Joan? You did. You did. But unfortunately, or fortunately, I like to eat more than I like to drink. You didn't understand it in the early yes. days. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, a, it, it was a mystery to me how anybody could uh, touch food. I mean, that, that absorbed everything you drank. Those, anyway, yeah. that was all my sort of crazy uh, thinking in those days. I came across a picture of, uh, of uh, uh, the, the, the WMCA softball team. We oh, went Lord. to uh, Yankee Stadium, and there we were. And your beloved was on one of our teams, on one of the teams. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was. I uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember the year, but that was it. But that oh, was the old Yankee Stadium, and I just remember my uh, name being up on that scoreboard. I have a picture of that. Wow. So, well, we certainly had plenty of adventures, and no one had more adventures than you when you came to New York. And even now, when and I had read your book in hardcover, and now Among Swimming is out in paperback. But even reading it again, it must amaze you that you came yeah. through all those times. You ended up being in Broadway shows, in movies, and then, of course, running your own bar where all the young ladies from the Barbizon Hotel for Women that's right. Yeah. Get inaugurated into the art of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and other things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, it was, um, uh, I never, I always had to sort of conceal things, Joan, you know, because uh, I have no formal education. I left school when I was 13. But I was an omnivorous reader. The, the Carnegie Library came to Limerick. And uh, I, uh, I just joined and, and just practically ate the books that they, I didn't read them with. Frank and myself, my brother Frank, of course. Uh, he, he almost ate the books. And he, I think he was the only high school teacher in New York that didn't have a high school diploma. But he uh, he managed to fake his way into teaching into Stuyvesant High School, and I have uh, faked my way all my life with. Uh, by you know the people have said to me you know you're you're a terrible liar and I said no I'm not I'm very good at it I'm uh, I've been doing it all my life. <laughs> That's I know, and I you have you had a lot of brothers, but the only one that I really knew was your brother Frank. Yes, yes. Who yes, was a I, writer and a beloved teacher, I think, at Stuyvesant. That's right. And, that's right. and then he wrote Angela's Ashes, which right. won every major award. But it's interesting, right, that coming from, as you said, it was even beyond poverty in Limerick, yeah. how there was so much love for words and for language in that family. 
Well, there were three of us, uh, three died in childhood. The uh, My sister, the only girl of uh, six, uh, seven, seven children, and she died. That's what caused our, our, our going to Ireland. My mother had a breakdown. Then we got to Ireland, and there are twin boys, Eugene and Oliver, and they died over there. So then uh, four of us grew to adulthood, but they're all dead now, and I'm the last one. And I just hit 90 there a few months back, and I'm absolutely astonished at how that that happened. But any day above Brown Joan is a good one, and uh, <laughs> we're still at it. <laughs> That's for sure. Now, with your children, and you married very young, I mean, your first marriage, and that produced two children. Are any of the children writers or artists or Well, my following? daughter Siobhan is part of the uh, Irish Writers, which I founded. Irish Writers and Artists. Uh-huh. And uh, to join that, you don't have to be Irish. Or you don't have to be a writer. I mean, you do. Uh, you, need, you need to be a writer, yeah. But being Irish is not necessary. And that's all. Been, been if you art, whatever artists we have, singer, dancer, or any kind of an artist, join up with us, and uh, you you and people are most welcome. And I still do a show on WBAI on Sundays, and that is uh, that's you know that's uh, totally free, as you know they they don't right. pay any money. But uh, I love talk, and I have a partner and that, John McDonough. And we, uh, we, have, we have fun with that. We still, still outrage people, and people get mad at us and all. You know how it is, John, with people that take offense at anything. Right, that's for sure. And yeah. we certainly came of age during that time when we were broadcasting with the one of the original Yeller Screamers, Yes. You know, our pal Bob Grant in those days. Oh, and my God, And we all God, took yeah. it in stride, remember? All that. Yeah. And Barry, uh, Barry, Barry Gray. Barry Gray. And then Barry Farber came aboard uh, subsequently. And John Sterling was doing all the uh, sports stuff. Yeah, and then he became the a big deal at uh, Yankee, uh, with the Yankees, and the Yankee announcement. Announcer as well, so and uh, Steve Powers and oh my God! No, our yeah, crew, uh, everyone there, and we were all like blinking in the light. Everyone yeah. there ended up doing great, and your stories were unbelievable. I mean, you were a longshoreman. You spent time everywhere, including a little friendly time in jail, and you didn't <laughs> miss a beat. And don't you marvel even now when you write your books and you lecture and you do your shows, how life kept coming and yet the bad stuff you ended up stepping over and going on to the next and you became a real New York character and celebrity. That's uh, uh, (coughs) very hard for me to comprehend that, Joan. It... um, it, that that I could call Joan Hamburg my friend is an astonishing achievement that that a celebrity like you would even know my name and I'm still astounded at that and it 
it, and I'm I'm <laughs> I'm delighted. And of course, I drop your name all over the place as oh, well. Oh, Malachi, you're such a character. <laughs> you're such a character. I know. And Malachi McCourt tried so hard to teach me to drink instead of throwing out his old whiskey bottles, but it never. <laughs> <laughs> I, that wasn't your best effort. I, I never could do that. And you, I mean, when I think, I remember when you wanted to be governor of New York City and you ran under the umbrella of the Green Party. I did. And that, that was a, uh, of course, uh, a, a mistake. Not, not a mistake. I mean, it was great. That was great fun. I no, got to fun. travel all over the state. It uh, it it just was so uh, it was so it was an expensive misadventure. But it, anyway, I went around the state and talked to people, and and everybody said. But I got about fifty, um, about forty six thousand votes, which was uh, I mean, can you imagine the forty six thousand strangers saying that you were fit to be governor? Yeah, I and, love that. Uh, and that was, I would say, I'll accept that. And, there and, and that was exciting. And and no one has or had more stories than Malachi. And I still remember when you went to Fire Island, you know, everyone told you that's where you've got to be. That's where the action is. And you <laughs> yes. would absolutely corrupt everyone all night long. And then you sold Bibles to make a buck during the day. Only you. I did. Well, that was, can you imagine, Joan, here am I walking up and down the beach in a bathing suit, and I have a drink in one hand and a Bible in the other, <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it didn't work too well, so the, the Bible venture did not, uh, and you know, it, it was, the what I remember about that was, they had a Catholic Bible with the Dewey version, and there was a Protestant Bible, the King James. And then there was something for our Jewish people. There was Jewish story in America. Nothing biblical. I'd gone up and down the beach Selling. and uh, trying to sell Bibles. And not and I, so I gave it up and went back to drinking. And that was... <laughs> <laughs> and that lasted for a while. That lasted. There, there, was, a, there was a couple of summers there. <laughs> Fun. Oh, my gosh. Fun. And I Fun. remember, Malachi, because I hadn't thought about it, but when I reread Among Swimming, you describe how you were at, I think it was an event or a sport thing, when you met Elizabeth and Prince Philip. Oh, yeah, queen. She was the queen. At she time. was the queen, and they were yeah. at this particular event. I think it was a reception for what? For football, for soccer, for something? Well, she was visiting New York, and I was a member of the New York Rugby Club, and there were a lot of Brits on the club. And because of that, the British consulate uh, issued us a number of passes. And the president of our club was a very proper Oxonian chap, you say. I said, no, your chaps would like to come and meet the queen. So, I don't know, for some reason, I, I put up my hand. I was trying to impress a young woman at the time, Anita Whitney. So, anyway, I got a couple of tickets, and uh, 
I arrived at the armory at 66th Street, and there was thousands of people there, and it was a it was a roasting hot night. Everybody was sweating profusely, and Anita suddenly became faint, and she said, "I have to get out of here." So I ushered her over to a side side door where a guy that I knew, a cop, who happened to be on duty, and he said, I said, she's not where well. he said, come in here. So he put me in a room, and in the next door, and there was a bar there, so I got a couple of large uh, right. cognacs. I gave Anita one and took one myself. Then God the next bless. thing, the door opened, and in walks the queen with Governor Rockefeller, and behind them there was Mayor Wagner, and Prince Philip, and uh, so forth. So anyway, uh, a, a guy, a major general or something, said, came over to me and he said, uh, would you take your place in line for the reception? And I didn't know what he was talking about, right. but anyway, he put us uh, in a line, and uh, we stood there, and then the Queen and Philip came down. He took my name, Malachi McCourt, and me, and me Mr. Malachi McCourt and Mrs. Anita Whitney. And the Queen says, how do you do? How do you do? And we shook hands. And you're not supposed to extend your hand until she does. That was the pro, the, 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 the stuff. Right. So anyway, she did that and that. So that, after the recept, that, that presentation finished, um, Philip uh, comes over to me. And he says, uh, I say, oh, chap, he said, you're, you're Irish, aren't you? And I said, oh, yes, I am indeed. He said, oh. He said, there was somewhat of a reception this morning uh, when we got off the uh, yacht. He said, uh, were you? Uh, well, I said, I couldn't get there. I was working on the docks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he said, oh, well, that was good enough, he said. So then... And he said, what do you do in New York? I said, well, I am a longshoreman. And he said, oh, very good, and so forth. Well, listen, old boy, he said, if you're ever in London, he said, look me up, will you? I said, oh, sure, so well, indeed, old boy. So we shook hands, and that was it. And but I your date couldn't him. believe it, right? Yeah. That you were so friendly with Prince. We were princes and queens and all kinds of things. <laughs> you know, John, life is silly. And I'm 90 now, and I get, I, 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 I'm always thinking how silly life has been and how, uh, the, the, you know, what gets us through is you have to, you have to have a laugh. It is absolutely essential to have the laugh. That's what keeps us going. Uh, when I, uh, when I was asked to write a book, and my book, A Wong Swimming, became a bestseller, and it's now at uh, it now can be had, and, and uh, at the at, at the soft cover, and uh, which published by uh, by a friend a friend now re republished actually, and it uh, it is and I tell people, A Wong Swimming comes from a mishearing of the Hail Mary, which Catholics. All know, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst 
women. And I thought when I was a kid, it said a monk swimming. And that's why I called the book uh, A Monk Swimming. swimming. And so that's why. It's called uh, Mondegreen. Uh, There was a poet named, uh, oh God, I can't give her name, but she was the one. She, she, She remembered another Scottish poem. They slew the Earl of Moray and laid him on the green. So she thought it said Lady Mondegreen. <laughs> and so and so she took the took part of that word, that phrase out, Lady Mondegreen, and made it Mondegreen. So now Mondegreen is what you miss here. That's the description of it, because it's a new word in the English language. <laughs> And I love to hear, I love little uh, pieces of information like that. So right. on the green is when you meet, leaders nod into Penn Station. You know, that uh, <laughs> is another one. I led the pigeons to the flag. That's another Monday green. <laughs> and so people have their own, have their own Monday green. So there they are. There. And Maliki, are you going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Is that a big thing in your life? Well, it, you know, St. Patrick was an Englishman. He was captured when he was a kid, and he was brought to Ireland by an Irish pirate. And he was sold, and he became a shepherd on the hills of Antrim. And his name is not Patrick. I mean, his real name is Maywin Suckett. Is his no, family is that name. true? That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, sold as a slave, and he spent his time in the north of Ireland. And then he escaped and went to uh, France and became a priest, went to Rome and became a bishop. And the Pope Celestine said to him, what would you like to do now? And he said, I'd like to go back to Ireland. So he went back to Ireland, and he took this perfectly happy pagan people and he gave made them all Catholics and ruined the great country with, the, with this but anyway and then he took the name Patrick, Patrick from the Latin which is Patricius which is means uh, nobleman in the Latin he took it from the Latin that's uh-huh. how Patrick came about but his real name was Mabin Suckett isn't that a strange name? Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and what a story. And, and, his, and his parents were Romans, you see, and they were occupying Britain. And they, I, nobody knows what part of... They, were, they might have lived in Wales. Or, nobody knows exactly where Nile... The man that captured them was a guy, <laughs> a pirate, named Nile of the Nine Hostages, and he sold them mm-hmm. at 16... And he escaped when he was twenty, and that's when he went back to uh, when he went back to Ireland. When he went back to when he went to Rome and got got uh, became a bishop and so forth. Wow, Took what a story! Years. Yeah, he probably and, uh, did not eat corned beef and cabbage either. And we didn't in Ireland. Actually, it said the, the the main dish there was ham and cabbage. You know, big, big, big lumps of ham. Uh, corn beef and cabbage is a New England dish. A New England dish, yeah. So it's, uh, it's not traditional there. It was New England.
No, we used to broadcast from there on St. Patrick's Day, and when we would say, where's the corned beef and cabbage, they looked at us as if we were from Mars. You know, That's we right. don't eat yeah. that. No, indeed. Who eats that? Yeah, <laughs> so, indeed. Americans anyway, only, yeah. They only could afford, us. They could afford to wait for it. <laughs> I know. Maliki, I love talking to you. I'm so happy everything's going great in your life. Right there, front and forward as always. I still remember how exciting it was. I knew someone who had a bar with his name on it. That was a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, was actually, um, I was the first singles bar, I don't know, in New York certainly, but I don't know if it's the first one in America. That was 1958. Then I got another one. There was Maliki's the second. And then I got another one called Himself. And then I got another one called The Bells of Hell. That was, <laughs> which became my, my theme song uh, for, for the show. The bells of hell go tingling-a-ling for you, but not for me. Oh, death, where is thy sting-a-ling-a-ling, or grave thy victory? If you meet the undertaker... Or the young man from the crew have a pint with what's left over. Now I'll say goodbye to you. Bravo, <laughs> the one and only Malachi McCourt. His life in paperback now, a monk swimming, a bestseller. With care, the help Malachi. of God and four policemen. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day to you and yours. Indeed, Joan. Thank you so much. It is, uh, oh, I can't tell you, a great pleasure is to resume the friendship. It's been many a year since we met in the 70s. Right. And, uh, That's right, middle let's late not, 70s. Let's not stop meeting. No, we've had a lot of adventures. All Indeed. the best to you, Maliki. Enjoy the day, and I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC. More ahead. <laughs> 